Well, good morning. James chapter 4, if you have your Bibles. Camp was uh, such a blessing. Uh, I can't even express this morning uh, how good it was. And every time I start thinking about it, it brings a tear to my eye. But I won't take anything away from the young people and, and Brother and Mrs. Long as they share their testimonies tonight. And so we look forward to that. But the one thing I would say is pray for the continued working of God in our youth. So things were accomplished. Uh, God still has more he wants to accomplish. And so just pray to that end that God would continue that work in, in their lives. And, and the reality is it's in the life of our church. Uh, it, the things that took place there, uh, God willing, Lord willing, will impact us here. And uh, so just pray to that end if you would. All right, if you would, James chapter 4, we'll, uh, Lord willing, draw this chapter to a close today. Uh, we'll read verses 13 down through 17 through the end of the chapter. Uh, the Word of God begins in verse 13. It says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy, and sell, and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor. That appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this time that we've set aside in our schedules to gather around your word in Sunday school, and we pray that you would meet with us this morning. We ask that you'd have your will and way in each heart uh, throughout this facility as the word of God goes forward, and bless each teacher, fill them, and Lord, we pray that your work would be done in our lives, and that each one would be changed to be more like Christ, and, and I pray that we would be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that Lord, you've told us that if we're able, we ought to communicate and to be a blessing to others, and I just pray that you guide us and give us wisdom and Holy Spirit filling that we might need to meet the needs of those around us. And now, Lord, we pray you bless your word as it goes forth, and we'll give you the thanks for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Presumptuous planning. So last week we talked a little bit about, and I mentioned uh, the term, sins in good standing. And oftentimes there are those sins that seem to be commonplace in the Christian life. And we talked a little bit about evil speaking uh, and how often we're so accepting of it. And we don't really think about it a lot. We just sometimes we say uh, an ill word about somebody uh, and we really are just gossiping and tearing them down with no intention to encourage or strengthen. And, and that ought not be the case, but it, I'm afraid. Uh, and listen, I'm guilty of the same thing, but I'm afraid it's rather common in our churches, uh, that we would speak evil of folks, and uh, we need to be careful about that. Uh, we, sin ought not be commonplace amongst the people of God. And I think when we look at the, or think of the idea of uh, being presumptuous or uh, lack of regarding God in our lives, it's pretty common in our churches, uh, because we don't see a grave sin uh, that is specifically called out by God's word. And the reality is it's because we're comparing it to other sins. You know, we look at folks that are murderers, uh, those that maybe be evil speaking, 
even publicly, uh, we talk about sometimes we lust for things, we're envying, or maybe we're fighting, and there's wars among us, we're quarreling, um, or there's a friendship of the world. Sometimes these things are visibly seen, and so we tend to deal with them. Uh, whether we're dealing with it personally because we don't want people to think of us a certain way, uh, really that's not the right motive to deal with those things. It's to have the right relationship with the Lord. Um, or maybe sometimes we bring things to light because we see the sin in somebody's life. But um, I think many believers are guilty of living practical atheism. They uh, go about their lives and they conduct their business in such a way that they deny God's leadership or His will in their lives. Uh, They don't look to God uh, for guidance or direction in things. And if our brother or sister was in sin, or what we might say serious sin, those observable things, uh, that um, we would often call them out on it. And, and we ought to. In the, with the love of Christ, we ought to, to, to help and encourage those people. Um, but why is it that we watch our brethren move forward in life uh, without acknowledging God and we say nothing oftentimes? Uh, do we ever encourage our brethren to, have you sought God in these matters? Uh, because sometimes the things that people are doing in their life, it's uh, more evident than others that they're probably not following the will of God in their life. Um, obviously, if it's not biblical, we know they're not in God's will. Uh, but um, maybe a, there's a businessman in the church that is going to go to work or he's going to make a business decision. Um, are we encouraging those people to seek God in their life? Uh, just as we would anyone else that struggles with other things. God wants us to plan and count the cost. But he doesn't want us to exclude him in the process. Proverbs 21.5 says this, The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteous, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. Luke 14, verses 28 through 30 say this, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. And so I'm not saying that God uh, says that you don't need to plan and uh, uh, you need this ultra-extreme faith and you just do everything at a whim. I don't believe that's the case. I believe God wants us to sit down and to think over those things, and, and He blesses those things. But we must acknowledge God in that process. There is obviously faith that God would bless our endeavors. Um, And so this morning we're talking about those that would set out to do things without acknowledging God in their life. And so uh, let's look at this idea this morning, the foolishness of planning as if God does not exist. Uh, Have you ever been guilty of that? Um, It it was interesting. We got home yesterday and uh, we're planning a trip to go uh, take care of some things at Cindy's mom's house. I kind of sounded Canadian there, Cindy's mom's house. Um, but we're planning this trip and we thought about taking the trailer and there were a different few factors with different family that was coming there and, and we weren't sure. And, you know, obviously taking the trailer costs more money, right? The truck burns more fuel and those kind of things. And so we were just thinking, Lord, what would you have us to do here? You know, hotels, trailer, 
Um, and we were just seeking him. Well, we got a phone call last night. And our friends, the McCormicks, they visited here. Uh, their son went to Lyman School uh, several months ago, and he has not been able to find a job. And uh, they called and said, hey. Well, they actually called in the middle of the week, but we didn't have any cell coverage, and so we missed it. So Cindy returned a phone call, I think it was, and um, they said, hey, Grady has got a job offer, and they're headquartered in Rapid City. But we have no idea how to get this kid there. They have a lot of, long story short, there's a lot of, uh, moving pieces to get him and everything that he owns here. And we just don't know. And Cindy's like, well, we're coming that way, and we can bring the truck and tow some stuff back. And so the Lord just orchestrated these things. And uh, so, but we were sensitive to what God was doing. And listen, if we want to be united as the people of God, every single one of us needs to be seeking God in our lives. We need to be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and desiring God to work. How much more could we be a blessing to one another if we were truly tuned in to what God wanted? Now, Lord willing, we'll go and, and we'll drag some of his junk back to South Dakota for him and, and you know, he'll be able to get started in life as a young man uh, that's trying to serve God with his life only because God's bringing our plans together. Uh, and uh, what, what an encouragement it is to other people when we're able to help. Uh, but we need to be in tune with the Spirit. So back to our text here. In verse 13, James uses the phrase, go to now. And he kind of transitioning from the other thoughts in the chapter, chapter and, and it's really a, a transitional statement and a statement to gather the attention of the, the readers, uh, and especially to the readers uh, that would say, today or tomorrow we will do such and such. He's trying to get those folks' attention. Go to now, ye that say. So he's, he's kind of targeting a certain group of people that would say, hey, we're going to go today or tomorrow, and, and we're going to go into the city, and we're going to continue there uh, for a period of time. We're going to buy, and we're going to sell, and they're going to get gain is their plan. Uh, and I think they're purpose is financial gain, not necessarily spiritual gain here. But, and that might tie into next week as we look at chapter 5 when it says, Go to you now, ye rich, and weep, and how? For your miseries shall come upon you, your riches are corrupted. Maybe this is the same group of people that he's speaking to in, in chapter 4. But anyway, that, that's not what we're looking at this morning. So he, he's gathering the attention of these readers uh, that have become presumptuous in how they conduct their life. And uh, he's trying to address those folks that live and plan as if God does not exist. Um, he gives an example uh, of somebody that makes plans and they completely really ignore God. Uh, God is nowhere in this agenda. Uh, the individual's plan contains five elements here uh, that are outside of their control. But they're making plans for them. Look, look at it. It says, uh, they choose their own timing. Right? Today or tomorrow. We're going to do this. We're going to get ready. We're going to set out. And, and it's going to be today or tomorrow. We're going to do this. They choose their own location. They're going to go to such and such a city. They've decided where they're going to go and to conduct their business. Uh, and they really can't control any of this. They choose the location, the timing. Uh, they choose the duration. They're going to continue there a year, it says. 
We're going to go and we're going to hang out for a year and we're going to take part in this business. Uh, They choose their own activity. They're going to buy and they're going to sell. uh, And they choose their own goal to get gain. And so in all of this, there's a lot of stuff. Have you ever set out to do something and you never even accomplished it because there were interruptions or delays, whether it was God or maybe the weather or or just circumstances in life had adjusted that? Uh, These folks... Uh, here that James is addressing are making all kinds of plans. And again, plans aren't bad. We ought to be planning and thinking about, uh, listen, specifically, how can we further our ministry for Christ? Uh, I think all Christians should be doing that. And whether that's in business, and if you're growing your business for the glory of God, praise the Lord. Uh, You can make a greater impact for Christ. Uh, There's... Uh, a lot of applications we can make there, but uh, James gives two reasons why those who leave God out of their planning are fools. Uh, look at verse 14. And they're really, these folks are just ignorant of the future. In verse 14, it says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. Listen, you're making plans for today or perhaps tomorrow, and James says, You have no idea what tomorrow holds. You need to acknowledge God today and make sure that you're recognizing God today because you have no idea what tomorrow beholds. You know not what's on tomorrow. Proverbs 27.1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You have no idea what you'll face tomorrow. Now, Lord willing, and and more likely than not, tomorrow will be another mundane Monday. Folks will get up. Hopefully, if you're right with God, you'll drink a cup of coffee. And uh, you'll spend some time in the Word of God and in prayer and and communing with the Lord. And and you'll go about your day, whether that's going to work or staying at the house. Uh, taking care of the home or whatever the case may be that's on your schedule tomorrow and things will go fairly routine. But the reality is you have no clue what disruptions, distractions, catastrophes, deaths that could take place tomorrow. And so we would do well to recognize God in his ability to control those things. They failed to recognize the brevity of life. These guys say, hey, we're going to go to this city, and we're going to be there for a year. We're going to buy, we're going to sell, and we're going to get some gain. We're going to be profitable for the next year. We're going to do our work, and we're just going to be profitable in our business. In the latter part of verse 14, it says, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time. And then vanisheth away. They have no idea if they're going to live that year. Uh, Listen, we don't know if we will be here next July. I remember as a young teenager thinking about, it seemed like all the preaching was about the coming of Christ. And, and, And death is near and and you have no idea. And I remember the urgency that I had to make sure that I was walking with God and, and that I was accomplishing what God had intended for me at that point in my life. And I have to admit, 
I don't necessarily feel that same urgency today. But we need that urgency. If we're not careful, we become apathetic. And we do fall into the routine of, well, uh, we're just going to go and we're going to, I got this job, I've been doing the same thing for X amount of years for the same employer and, and it's just the same thing. And Sunday comes around and I, I put my shirt and tie on or my Lobo on and I come in and, and I sit down and I go through the routines of life. But listen, the reality is we may not be here next July. Are you ready for that? Are you ready, whether that's by the Lord taking us in death, by his return, are you ready? Don't make the assumption that you're going to accomplish all the plans that you have made. Make those plans, acknowledge God in those plans. But the reality is, uh, don't allow the routine of executing your plan to distract you from the importance of ensuring that plan is God-centered and that you're accomplishing what God has for you in your life. Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. Job 14, 1 and 2. Psalm 90, verse 10. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Boy, even if you live a full life, it's short. And the older I get, uh, I, couldn't, I remember when I was 18, I couldn't even f- imagine being 41 years old. And now that I'm 40, I'm like, oh, Lord, this thing's half over. I need to get busy. Uh, listen, I don't care if you live to be 100 years old. Life is short, and you need to be about the Father's business. Psalm 102.11, my days are like a shadow that declineth, and I am withered like grass. Uh, Listen, I know this is the older crowd for the church primarily. There's some young folks in here. Uh, Listen, serve God with your youth. The more years I do put on, the more I realize that physically I can't do some of the things that I once did. And we need to take and invest a lot of that energy that we have in our youth for God. Don't waste it. Uh, and, and if you have wasted it, that doesn't mean you can't make the most of what you still have. And so uh, don't put things off. Get urgent about your work or your walk with God and your service for Him. Psalm 103, 15 and 16, for a, As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth, for the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall, be, uh, shall know it no more. Boy, our days are fleeting. Listen, nobody knows what tomorrow holds. Uh, I found this, a little preacher said this, the two letters of life, or the two middle letters of the word life are I and F. If. Life's iffy. You don't have tomorrow, necessarily. Uh, We don't know what it may bring. And it's foolishness to plan without God, looking to Him for His guidance. It's just absolute foolishness. We must acknowledge our dependence on Him when we make our plans. Listen, we are to make plans, but we must acknowledge God and recognize 
listen, that he may change our plans. Uh, Allow God to orchestrate those plans and to change them as he sees fit. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. It is evil to edge out God from your plans. It's evil. We don't like to sometimes, I'm just not considering it, but it's evil. Making plans as if you are in control of your life is arrogant boasting. Look at verse 16. But now you rejoice in your boastings. James goes on and condemns this boasting as evil. All such rejoicing is evil. You get, it, you get a plan, you get excited about this plan, you start uh, boasting about it and, and looking forward to it, and, and the reality is you've forgotten God. And the Word of God tells us that's evil. Uh, to make plans and, and to get excited and to begin uh, putting those plans into action and to boast about those things, it's evil. It's an evil thing to lift yourself up into the place of God and to make plans to accomplish things in this life with no recognition of him or his sovereignty. It's flat out evil. We must take God's will into account when we plan. I don't know if there's anything that indicates that one is a genuine believer more than a desire to do God's will. Um, I meditated on that for a little bit. I don't know if there's really anything that would be a better indication of the believer's desire. And obviously that God's will is very broad. You could look at that from a hundred different ways. Um, but it says, For ye ought to say, verse 15, if the Lord will. That ought to be the attitude of the believer, of the Christian, is, you know, we have all these things that we would like to accomplish, but if the Lord will. If God would permit that we could do these things, we're going to set out to do them for His glory. And so I'm going to give you several verses this morning reminding us that believers uh, look to the Lord for His will. Psalm 40, verse 8. I delight to do Thy will, O my God. Yea, Thy law is within mine heart. Psalm 143:10. Teach me to do Thy will, for Thou art my God, Thy Spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Matthew seven twenty one. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Mark three thirty five. For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister, and mother. Ephesians six six. Not with eye service as men's pleasures, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Talking about servants there doing the will of God from the heart. And I think Jesus, I don't know if anybody can argue with me this morning, is probably the greatest example of the one who did the will of God or the will of the Father. John 4, 34 says this, Jesus, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. John five thirty, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will but the will of the Father which sent me. John 6, 38, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of Him that sent me. 
God's will ought to lead and guide every plan that you ever make in your life. Uh, he said he came down from heaven not to do his own will, but the will of him that sent him. How absurd for us to think that as believers we could do anything else but what God would have for us to do. The will of God was a central thing in Paul's plans and in his ministry. Acts chapter 18, 21 says this, But bade them farewell, saying, I must by all means keep this feast that cometh in Jerusalem, but I will return again unto you if God will. And he sailed to Ephesus. Romans 1.10, Making request, if by any means, now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Romans 15, 32, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. 1 Corinthians 4, 19, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord will and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up but the power. 1 Corinthians 16, 7, for I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while if the Lord permit. Philippians 2, 19, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort, then I know your, or that I know, when I know your state. In verse 24 it says this, but I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 3 makes it pretty simple. And this will we do if God permit. So make your plans. Set out to do some things for God. But understand and acknowledge Him in all of those things. The reality is you can't accomplish any of it without Him anyway. Uh, And and if you're trying to serve God in your flesh, you're going to fail every time. And so it's better off to just acknowledge Him in the beginning. As the people of God, we ought to be seeking the will of God in all of our endeavors. Uh, But I think we get in the routine of things. And we begin conducting things. Listen, you should recognize them in vacation. God, where would you have us go to vacation? Obviously, we ought to be seeking God in our employment. And what he would have us to do. Listen, we tell our young people that. Seek God, ask God. But sometimes when we get to be adults, we start chasing the dollar bill. Oh, or there's a raise here, or there's a raise there. But is that what God has for you? This might be a little presumptuous, but I I truly believe I could have made senior master sergeant in the Air Force. I truly believe it. I I know the recipe. I know what was needed and expected of me to get there. I just didn't feel that it was God's will that I would do some of the things that they wanted me to do. And one of that would be to continue my service. Listen, it's not all about money. It's not all about gain. It's about what God has for you in your life. And that's going to be different for each and every one of us. And I remember as a young teenager, I was convinced I was going to Bible college. I was convinced of that all through high school. But I could never settle on a a school. And I don't know why I, I, well, I understand why I struggle with that now. But at the time, I didn't understand why I was always struggling with this. Uh, You know, there was all these different choices 
for college, and it was like, just pick one, and to some extent, if you pick a good college, you're not going to go wrong. Understand what I'm saying. I'm talking about being in God's will, and here I say just pick something. But, uh, but understand what I'm saying. If, if you think that's what God wants you to do, and you make steps to move forward in that direction, but I could never figure out where God would have me to go. And it's because God didn't want me in Bible college. And, and he worked, and he used the people in our church at the time, people that I respected and look up to, and, and I received godly counsel from to lead me to the Air Force. But at the time in my life, I thought that was craziness because I had this preconceived idea that all of us Christians are the same. And God's going to use us all the same way. And God has a certain pattern, and we have this cookie-cutter mentality. Listen, and that's, it couldn't be further from the truth. God can take each and every one of you from the different circumstances of your life and do amazing things. If you would acknowledge him and seek him in all of your endeavors. But I think oftentimes we struggle with what is God's will because we're not doing that. We're not looking to God and acknowledging in him. We're making decisions based on a pattern that we've seen in somebody else's life. We need to stop and look to God. I just gave you many verses. <laughs> the Apostle Paul, uh, the Lord Jesus, were, they were just trying to please God. Listen, stop trying to please the people around you and make assumptions of what God has for your life based on what he's doing in someone else's life and just trust God for what he's doing in your life. Our, our, our churches would be farther along for the Lord. I'm convinced of it if we would uh, do that. Acknowledge God in all your endeavors, every area, every area of your life. Listen, God's will is an act of worship in our lives. Our lives are an act of worship as we submit to His will. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We can worship our God by just laying our lives down and saying, Lord, here it is. Take it, use it as you see fit. For believers, it should just be the way of life. God's will. It should just be the way of life. Verse 15, For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we should do this or that. That just should be our way of life. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 says this, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Colossians 4 verse 12 says this, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Look at what it says, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. It should just be our life's pattern to be in his will. For the believer, God's will... Uh, and not doing it, or listen, for the believer, knowing God's will and not doing it is sin. Uh, so don't sugarcoat it. Don't say, I just decided to take a different route. And because 
there was no catastrophic failure. God must be in that thing. Listen, if you know that God has distinctly revealed for you to do something through the Word of God or through the Holy Spirit, and you do not do that, that is sin. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. It doesn't get any simpler than that. If God has revealed to you, and, and so well, and we can tie that back into those that say we're going to go do this, we're going to do that, we're going to buy and we're going to sell gain. If they're not acknowledging God in all of that, it's sin. So whether you're just disobedient in not doing what God's asked you to do or you're failing to ask God to be with you as you make these plans, it's sin. And so I encourage you to deal with that sin and get it right. Luke 12, 47 and 48 said this, And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For whosoever much is given of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of them will they ask the more. Listen, you'll be held accountable for what God has revealed for you to do. And so as we, we close out this morning, all of this begs the question, how can we know God's will? The simple answer is God's word. And really, that's where it all begins. Um, but we get guidance or we can learn of God's will uh, by walking with the guide. By walking with the Lord. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go, and I will guide thee with mine eye, Psalm 32, 8. Psalm 48, 14. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. We ought to be walking with our God. Psalms 73, Psalm 73, 23 and 24. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holding me with my right, thy right hand. Uh, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Isaiah 58, 11, And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watering garden and like a spring of water whose waters fill not. Listen this morning, if you're out of step with the shepherd, you're not going to be aware of his will. Uh, you need to be daily walking with God. I know for me in my life, that's what it takes. And... Biblically, I think that's the pattern that God gives us. If we would just commune with Him. Oftentimes, I think those that are struggling to find God's will so hard, it's because they're not walking with Him. Because if you're walking with Him and you're doing those things that He's revealed to you already in His Word, you're in His will by living the Word of God. Then as you walk with Him, and the Holy Spirit can instruct you and teach you and bring you along. But if you're not, you're going to struggle with God's will. Or maybe the flip side of that is you know God's will and you're just refusing to obey. And so you say that you struggle with God's will in your life. Well, I'm just not sure. It, it, well, are you not sure because that's not what you wanted? Or are you not sure because you're just not sure? Sometimes I think people say that they're not sure because they're just refusing to accept what God has for their life. And listen, I know if you would just submit, it's far better. Because the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. 
And he's going to continue to work. He's going to continue to bring conviction. He's going to continue to draw you. Uh, and, and probably bring some chastisement in those things in your life. And it's far easier just to submit. I saw it over and over this week at camp. There's teens just refusing. I mean, God starts working day one. But few go to the altar on Monday. But as they submit, listen, it's such a joy to see the excitement and the joy in the heart of the young people on Friday. As they've given it all to God and then they're just fellowshipping, they're cutting up, they're having a good time because there's joy in their life because they've given it over to God. It's so much easier if we would just give it to God. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. We can learn of God's will if we would just walk with Him. Uh, God will reveal His will or He'll guide us from trusting in the Lord and acknowledging Him. That's the theme of this, this lesson, right? So it might not be right if I didn't mention Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. And so as we do these things, Listen, don't trust in your plan and your understanding of how things are going to be executed, but lean on Him. His understanding is far greater than yours. Uh, And He'll take you farther than you ever would yourself. The biblical principles and precepts that we get in God's Word, they're the basis for God's will in our lives. You need to be in God's Word. Psalm 119, 1 through 3 says this, Blessed are the undefiled of the way, who walk in the law of the Lord, blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. Quickly this morning, guidance or God's will can be revealed through godly counsel. Proverbs 1.5, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Proverbs 12.15, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Proverbs 19.20, hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. Listen, God's will can be communicated in our desires. Trust in the Lord. This is Psalm 37, verse 3 through 5. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou do well in the land of verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy ways unto the Lord also. In him, and he shall bring it to pass. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Uh, Listen, we need to be looking to God for these things, and he'll reveal himself to us uh, through his word. And I think for me, God's will is oftentimes confirmed through peace. I know that was true in my life. When I finally submitted to God saying, Hey, Justin, I want you to just serve me with your life. The peace that God brought was unbelievable. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I was asking a lot of God, unwilling to submit to Him. But when I finally did, and I gave Him those things and said, God, I'm just going to trust you with all these things, He gave me a peace that passed all understanding. And it says He'll keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Boy, the peace that we have... uh, We have confidence in that we are in the will because He gives us a peace when we are at peace with Him. Did you get that? 
if you're at conflict with what God wants you to do in your life, you're not going to have peace. You'll just be struggling and, and there will be a constant barrier there. As believers, every aspect of our lives ought to be turned over to the Lord. Every aspect of it. There should be no area of our life that He does not have full control. Does God have full control of all the areas of your life this morning? We must acknowledge God in every aspect of our lives, and as we do, He will bless and keep us. And listen, by the way, if He would do that, who do a better job than you ever could? He'll work it all out far better beyond your imagination. Listen this morning, don't be guilty of the sin of good standing. Look to God in all that you do. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that each one of us would be mindful to acknowledge you in all areas of our life. Lord, And whatever we set out to do, that we would set out to do it for your glory. And Lord, God permitting, we pray that you would accomplish much through our lives for the cause of Christ. We thank you now for this hour. We pray that you bless the hour to come. Be with the preaching of your word. We ask that you would speak to each and every heart and move in lives. In Jesus' name, amen.